What is the story, guys? We are back with episode 37. We just had a few little recording issues, so we've actually already recorded this little bit, but it didn't actually record. Anyway, <clears throat> I'm here with the, the gorgeous Gary, and today's topic we're gonna to talk about is the idea of being peaked at all, all times. And what I mean by that is, you know, you're gonna have all, all, all the things that you've designed in your program. So you've taken the last two episodes, you've really thought through, you've gone, my goals are this, I, I'm gonna use this much volume to achieve that, I'm gonna use this atten- intensity level to achieve that, whether it's your size goals, strength goals, fitness goals, general health goals, whatever it is. You've sat down, you've thought them through, and you've gone, this is exactly what I want to achieve. And then you've designed up this program, and then your thought process naturally occurs that because you've designed up this perfect, idealized program, that you can achieve all of these attributes at once and then obviously be peaked in all of these attributes at once because obviously your, your program is perfect. So why wouldn't that be the case? And again, if you've ever played Pro Evolution Soccer, whatever, any of them, you might have seen that like kind of pentagon where you have all these different attributes, different players of different attributes like speed, striking ability, defense, whatever it is, you know? And, and you kind of get this thought process that oh, of course, I've picked these five attributes, whatever you want to pick, and I'm going to be maxed out. I'm going to be at my absolute best in all of these at once. But it's not necessarily appropriate or even possible, you know? And and you'll see this. Like, people will want to be lean like a bodybuilder, but strong like a powerlifter, while also being (coughs) fit like a a field-based whatever athlete, you know? And they want all of that while obviously being healthy as well, you know, but of course not putting in too much effort in the gym to take away from their overall life as well, because, you know, why would you want that? (laughs) So they, they, they essentially want all of these things, but that's not necessarily a good approach. Like, yes, you can want all of those things, but you have to realize that there is a bit of a trade off and you cannot, well, you can in some things be at your peak performance in certain things at the same time but if you have more than one goal or more or goals that are not necessarily complementary <clears throat> like being as strong as possible while also being as fit as possible not necessarily the same goal again opposite side as well <clears throat> if you wanted to be absolutely as strong as possible or as big as possible while also wanting to be as lean as possible again not necessarily an appropriate to uh, attributes to be peaked at the same time you know so so people get it into their head that it is appropriate but it, it, it's not really gary so can you kind of talk us a little bit more through that whole idea of being peaked in everything at the same time yeah so i suppose the first thing to realize is that the process of building fitness is not the same process is is not necessarily the same as expressing fitness okay so when i say fitness i'm talking about you know in just in a very general sense all of the things that we're going to be talking about so if you think of strength okay the process of building strength might look like you doing let's say a lots of lots of sub maximal work like you might be doing a lot of work with 70 to 80% of your one rep max even but all of that is still building towards you building more strength over time even though it doesn't look the same as the actual test of that so you know it doesn't look like you testing your one rep max so you might necessarily see the the result right away if but but if you don't commit to the process then the result isn't necessarily as good and the same thing goes for body composition you know everyone wants to be the kind of 
fitness model like if you look at like whoever your favorite fitness model is on instagram you say i want to look like that then you always think that there's going to be like a very clear one step forward one step forward one yeah step like forward. you're always going to yeah. look like that at so, all times in the process <laughs> yeah and it's like you're it's like you're going to be cl- slowly taking a step closer and closer and closer and morphing into that person whereas in fact if you were to ask that person what their journey actually looked like on the way there they were probably like Oh yeah, I bulked up to like 90 kilos and then I dieted down to 80 and then I bulked up to 92 and then I dieted down to 78 and it's like I did that for years and years and years and that's how I got to this point. And it's like, yeah, like sure, you can make the argument that you might be able to do it differently and you're starting off from this really lean place where you're just going to gain like pure gains, pure muscle, nothing else. But I mean, like while it's theoretically plausible, it's unlikely to be optimal um, and it's definitely not how most people have gotten there. So you just have to keep that in your mind. And it's the same for, for GA or any sort of field sport. Like if you're in your off season and you are doing, let's say, more volume of strength work to try and lay down some muscle and build up some, some strength, you want your muscles to be able to produce more force. And all of that is kind of towards you being faster on the pitch next year. And you test your speed in the middle of that training cycle. It's unlikely you're going to be that fast. And you might look at that and say, Oh, oh no! I, oh no! This 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 doesn't work at all. But you're not seeing, you know, that the process of building certain fitness characteristics is not the same as expressing them. Okay, so that that's kind of an overview of how that fits into. And, a and it, of it is a bit of a uh, you call it a mind fuck. Yeah. <clears throat> because you'll look at the way certain people train, and because they've trained over numerous years, they like the the person we said with like the physique and stuff. Because they've trained a certain way over numerous years their training methodologies can in some ways portray the fact that or or make it at least look like they are testing their strength yes you know so you'll see people that do like say a more bulgarian style of uh, training for powerlifting right and it'll look like they're doing max efforts all the time because they're using these these huge astronomical weights compared to what you're using so it looks like they're proper maxing out but this guy has i don't know we'll say a 300 kilo squat and his like max effort and i put that in inverted commas his max effort days you know in terms of every day he's doing that during the week that he's training are like 250 260 so you're looking at that going like oh jesus 260 for a squat that's fucking (laughs) massive like 260 kilos whereas like that's literally like whatever 70 percent or whatever that is as a ratio of his his actual max you know and he's just slowly building it taking it up over time so it's not truly what it appears to be from the outside looking in you know and the same again people will get into the thought process like you said there of they're training for a certain thing but then they think that they have to test a certain thing like you see people doing like again resistance training they'll be constantly working in the 8 to 12 rep range or that 6 to 12 rep range you know we talked about in the last few episodes you know and they'll be working in that and then they'll just have it in their head one day just like get the idea of yeah yeah, i'm actually gonna just test my bench press because obviously i've been doing a lot of bench press for the last while in the 6 to 12 rep range you know periodizing my training like the the boys said and i'm just gonna test literally just go in there no no real thought process rhyme reason and just test out your one rep max and then you notice whoa it, it actually hasn't increased but my, my eight rep max has increased. My, my six rep max has increased. Why hasn't this increased? And again, it's like that, that whole concept of you have this thought process that you should be peaked in all the attributes, you know, but strength is specific. All these things are specific, you know? So if you've been working in the eight rep range, 
you're going to get better in the eight rep range. Like, yes, that does have carryover to other rep ranges, but it has a, we'll call a window of carryover that is more appropriate. Like maybe you get better at your 10 rep max and you get better at your six rep max a lot quicker. And you actually have to change those fitness qualities, you know, into something else when you're then trying to actually exhibit that strength or test that strength. So you might do a block where you actually start peaking for that, you know, going down from five reps down to like a single over a number of weeks, you know, so you're actually like peaked for that. And then obviously you can have the whole conversation of dropping that accumulated fatigue. Like you said with that, that guy who's trying to improve his sprint performance, he's been hammering the sprint performance training. He's doing it all squats, everything, you know, his, his shuttle runs or whatever he's doing to, to improve it, doing all his technique work, etc has accumulated all this fatigue yes and then just decides one day like oh, yeah middle of the the off season i'm just going to test i'm just going to see where i'm at and it's like yeah but it's not an appropriate actual picture of your ultimate performance you know so it, it is a little bit of a mindfuck because you think you're doing something but it's not necessarily directly straight away right now contributing to that yeah yeah, and I think that's why it's important as well to just have an understanding of the process. Because, like, you know, a lot of people think that there's, they just don't need to understand anything about training and it's just like, oh, I can just follow this program and it'll all be fine. But understanding the process actually enhances your adherence and enhances your understanding of what you really need to do. Because if you understand it, that from the start of a pro, if you understand from the start of a program that, all right, let's say you're doing it, let's say you're doing like an eight week program and like you're informed at the start of the program that, as you come towards the end of the program, you're going to feel probably pretty crap just because you've been doing eight weeks of like progressive training that's been getting more and more difficult. When it comes to the end, you might feel like you're a bit beat up. Like not in the sense that you're injured, but in the sense that, oh, training... You feel fatigued. Yeah, you feel fatigued. Your motivation to train is a little bit lower. You know, you're starting to get close to failure on some things and you just feel like that, that extra vigor isn't there. Like if you, if you know that and you know that's normal, then you can look at that with kind of a more positive perspective in that you're like I understand the purpose of this and I know that next week when I do my like intro week to the next phase or my light week of training and that fatigue drops off that I'm going to be in a better position to actually kind of express my adaptations going forward and like one of the the classic examples of this is is when it comes to powerlifters like when powerlifters compete generally they have a week prior to their meet sometimes longer depending on their level of development they'll generally have a week prior to their meet that's fairly easy in training okay so you know they might test their their like they might do like a heavy single on a monday let's say and then later on in the week they might do a very light bit of technique work but ultimately their goal is to let fatigue drop off while maintaining their skill so that on saturday or sunday they can then express the strength that they've built so you might see someone like that that did like a 270 squat in training the previous like two weeks ago but then in their, their meet, they lift like 290. And it's like, yeah, there was some psychology there. But there's also the fact that fatigue dropped off. And as a result, they were able to express their fitness. And they just expressed all of that strength then on that day. Hmm. So, and also, that's what you'll see as well. Like we were discussing in the last few times, <clears throat> the last two episodes, about the volume side of things. Like yes. You will see like not necessarily dropping off the intensity. Because again, it is a skill-specific thing. So you still want to be you know kind of we'll call it training like to whatever extent you can train in that last week you know whatever or to whatever extent you can adapt from that training in that last week but you are still training that skill of being able to exhibit that one rep max again in the case of powerlifting so it's more the volume that drops off 
rather than the intensity Mm -hmm. in in that case you know so again like you have to look at this stuff specific to what you're doing so it's not just like the adaptations like when we say it's like the specific adaptations to impose demands like it is very specific that's not to say that there's no carryover and that's not to say that oh you should only train the way you're going to test or whatever yeah yeah no not at all no, that, that's not what we're saying what we're saying is you should think about the adaptations you're eliciting and where that puts you down the line in terms of actually exhibiting that skill you know what whatever it is whether it is body composition or that attribute i suppose you'd say whether it's body composition whether it's whatever like again the, most people are going to be able to identify with the, the body composition one you know if they're if they do have to t- spend some time growing muscle you know being in a, a caloric surplus they, they kind of understand that okay i'm probably gonna have to take a step or two away from my, my ultimate goal of being this shredded whatever hunk you know or whatever you're like okay i actually have to take a little bit of time away from that bulk up a little bit put on some muscle over time accept some fat gain and then when it comes time for it you know generally you'll see we'll do it over like now kind of running into the, the winter it's like oh it's bulking season put on some size gain a little bit of weight hopefully gain more muscle than fat you know some people kind of fuck it and just gain more fat than <laughs> muscle but that's another story um but then ultimately you go okay cool then when in the lead up to summer i actually want to exhibit or test that foundation of muscle that i put down you know so we kind of get it more intuitively with that even though obviously some people like you said earlier on try to do the the complete opposite and go oh no i'm looking at this fitness model and they're shredded now so that means i have to be shredded now because again ultimately you 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 put yourself in the position where you're trying to compete with these people at least mentally anyway you're like oh i'm competing with these fitness superstars on instagram and because they're already 10 years ahead of me i have to do catch-up work so i'm not going to catch up work by going away from my goal i'm going to say excessively lean right now and slowly build muscle over time so i can at least have that six-pack you know <laughs> yeah um what was i gonna say i'm gonna say something um oh yeah the the other thing that it brings in that it brings into the discussion is um the what was i gonna say recovery and adaptation so the difference between recovery and adaptation because i think that's actually quite important i don't think it gets it gets mentioned very often because you know people always talk about you can only train as hard as you can recover which like as a soundbite is actually useful because it encourages people to kind of go and focus on different things that can enhance their recovery like that's a useful thing to think of but the other thing is that it's it's not all about recovery in that like if you were in a certain phase of let's say you're an athlete and you're in a certain phase you're off season where you're trying to accumulate more training volume you're trying to build some muscle you're trying to build up tolerance to higher training loads and stuff like that at some phase in your off season just hypothetically if you're during that phase and you're trying to really maximize adaptations there might be periods where you are not necessarily feeling the most recovered you've ever felt in that you might have some some muscle soreness during an intense training phase as you come towards the end of it and you might even have that carrying into the day before your next session or even into your next session and what you have to, to realize there is that there is that difference between recovery and adaptation. So the, the adaptation side of things is you actually adapting to the stimulus. So if you had a certain like unit of training stress over the period of four weeks, what you want to do is essentially adapt to that. Okay, If you were to try and recover from it, 
that would that would be you trying to you know make sure that right you, you do a certain session or you do a week of hard training and you come totally back to baseline where there's no more disruption in your physiology so there is that difference between kind of recovery and adaptation yeah the way and, i kind of look at it like recovery is your ability to do the same thing again mm -hmm. right so if you do a certain workout you are fully recovered when you can do that workout the exact same again right but adaption is you do that workout but the next time you do that workout you're able to improve mm -hmm. right and again obviously those two things are related intrinsically like you're, if you're not recovered enough to adapt th then it's, it's meaningless but in, in my kind of in my head i'm kind of like recovery means you're able to at least do the same thing again mm -hmm. right so you're just coming back to that kind of baseline there was no real improvement yeah but adaption is like i'm able to improve from this yeah i think that's a fair way of thinking about it but what was it what else is going to say there uh, oh, your thoughts are all over the place my thoughts are all over the place recovery and adaptation i can't even remember what i was going to say what were you talking about before that you were talking about dieting and where are we going with this are you asleep man no i'm just trying to think i'm just trying to think of a nice segue to to bring it next i don't want to, i don't want to just ramble about recovery and adaptation mind mindlessly and not not all give, you ever do you just give, fucking ramble mindlessly not give, not give people some take-home points but basically the thing that i want you to think about there is that there is a difference between recovery and adaptation so during a during a period like that that's where the the i was kind of thinking about what you were saying you know you were saying that recovery is about being able to come back and do the same thing again and that's that is an important point but what you have to think about as well is that you might do a certain you might do a certain training stress twice and the second time you could still be carrying some fatigue from the previous time mm. and that doesn't necessarily mean that that second training session isn't beneficial because it's still adding to the overall training stress that you then have to adapt to when you remove that stressor and you go and adapt to it then. So I think that, that that's that's what you need to think about. And I think that, that puts into to context some of the, the things we're talking about in terms of when you come to the end of a training cycle and let's say you feel that bit more fatigued, it's like it's okay that you don't feel recovered and it's okay that you can't go in and add an extra five kilos to the bar every week because like that that to me is where the progressive overload discussion gets kind of lost okay because people think that in order to progressively overload you need to kind of add more and more weight to the bar every single week but realistically like firstly like that that's not feasible it's very unlikely you've taken you've actually made those adaptations and like basically like training needs to be viewed over a longer term period so if you're doing a certain phase of training there's a specific goal of that certain phase of training and you don't necessarily need to feel like you are at peak performance at every time point in there so that's basically my point you're a good boy but yeah like that, that kind of brings up the thing about like again people wanting to be peaked like if you were genuinely peaked at all times and i mean if you're peaked in all these attributes that you're looking for like you would see a linear improvement week on week right because mm -hmm. you're at absolute max capacity your recovery is at its best and by recovery i mean all the lifestyle variables are on point your sleep nutrition whatever else stress levels etc are, are all nailed down perfect right you obviously have created this perfect training program as well so you're now peaked in everything and week on week you can just add weight to the bar because because you're just you're just at 100 percent firing on all easy. cylinders you know 
and you're able to do you're able to get stronger while getting leaner and building muscle as well so you're in this calorie deficit but huh, muscle is just packing onto you you know um, but it's just not not the case and again you just need to be clear in your goals and what you're better off doing is like having a list of goals going whatever it is maybe you have 10 20 goals you want to achieve overall i don't yeah, mean just yeah, like yeah. whatever i mean like even little goals like it might be like oh i want to overhead press 100 kilos i want to bench press 140 kilos and i want to squat 200 kilos you know you're like that's my kind of strength goals but i realize that i'm also playing a bit of gaelic football or hurling or soccer or whatever else and you're like but obviously i i'm in season right now so that's my focus and that's what i'm trying to get at now is when you start looking at things and you go okay i probably am going to be at peak performance in terms of these strength goals that i have because i have some something else right now that takes my focus from it and that's how you should start thinking about things in terms of your overall goals is yes i have these goals and yes i'd absolutely love to be at peak performance in all of these and be able to improve at all of these at the same time but what you're better off doing is picking two to three that are synergistic with each other like you might think like you have a few goals you're like i want to build muscle and like i said before you want to build strength in those key three lifts for you you know but at this point in time you're like okay well i'm actually in season and i'm carrying a few extra pounds and i wouldn't mind being shredded so maybe in season you know your performance is good your recovery is generally good maybe you do pair that with a calorie deficit lose a few extra pounds because your activity is high generally i wouldn't recommend that in season because that, that's kind of like testing your strength or testing your, your yeah. skills but we'll just say like it makes a little bit more sense for you to do that so you're like my activity is high you know my performance is generally quite good so i'm going to do a little small calorie deficit and over the next 12 weeks lose a, a few extra pounds around the waist you know tighten up a little bit and then as you move into your off season you go i'm actually going to start focusing on building my strength i also needed to build some muscle so i'm going to pair my training now with a a calorie surplus you know and i'm going to start building towards those other two goals yes my fitness is going to take a knock yes my shreddedness or my body composition is going to take a knock but i'm doing that i'm taking that expense uh so that i can actually put it towards building these other two things of you know my strength and building muscle you know being in the calorie surplus you know so you have to think of it more more phasic and this is where like actually bodybuilders do it really well like they have key distinct time periods where it's like i'm focusing on gaining now you know and then this time point i'm focusing on losing weight whereas other sports don't do it so well they'll always just be like oh no i should be perfectly peaked at this time like you look at powerlifting people think that they should be at their strongest at all times and they don't have well some of them do but most of them don't have this clearly delineated period of like oh i'm actually working on strength acquisition at this time point it's like they're just always working on strength acquisition in their head so there's no no time point where they're like okay i'm actually going to drop down training volume i'm going to work on fitness a little bit i've noticed that my heart rate my resting heart rate is always consistently in the 80s you know it's like oh i actually have 
an extra 20 kilos of fat that isn't really contributing too much like he obviously does contribute somewhat to your your powerlifting success but you're like i'm actually up two weight categories then i should be just because you know i enjoy my food so you know maybe you do take three months out and go okay i'm gonna drop a little bit of fat i'm gonna do a little bit of extra cardio get a bit fitter get my heart rate down to like a more respectable you know kind of 40 to we'll say even 70 uh, resting Mm -hmm. heart rate and you know actually get my reclaim my health you know yeah so having a more phasic approach to things in my experience in my opinion is a much better way to think about this whole being peaked at all times because i know i look it's so what's the word it's so desirable i suppose you know in terms of you look at some people and they do genuinely seem to have it all you know you're like look at this guy he's absolutely shredded and he's throwing around huge weights you know and look at him he's on the treadmill there he's fit as fuck as well like you know it's like why why can't i be like that and it's like again like you said originally it's like that you're looking at a snapshot of where he is now like that could be his worst performance it's ever been like he's sacrificing some of his top end strength and some of his top end fitness because he's keeping calories lower so that he can have a a lower body fat Mm -hmm. you know so it does become an issue of like trade-offs but this again where i kind of like hate instagram and this whole kind of social media culture whereas you just get snapshots of people and this might be your first exposure to this person and again you see them using a huge weight that you're like wow fuck i'd love to be using that weight and you just assume that that's their best mm-hmm. when that could be like 50 percent of the best he's ever done or she or whatever you know and y- you don't see that you know yeah and i think i think it's funny it's like you mentioned about powerlifters and bodybuilders and like what what bodybuilders do well and i think the other thing about powerlifters is like the thing powerlifters do well is chase those performance metrics. Mm. But the funny thing is, like, if you look at both of them, the the one rep max is like the body is like the powerlifter stage shot. In that, the the bodybuilder is is only like, and we're talking about amateur people here. Obviously, this is different if you're actually elite because it's what makes you elite. Mm. But I mean, a lot of like amateur bodybuilders, what they'll do is they'll only train hard, like pre contest. Because mm-hmm. it's the only time they're really, like, motivated. And, like, after the show, it's, like, meh, rebound, kind of loose with the diet, loose with training. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm gaining weight and I have this period of, of deliberately gaining weight. But I don't really train as hard then because uh, my show is far away and it's fine. You know, and you see that a lot of the time. And you see the same thing kind of in powerlifting sometimes. And, again, it's kind of at the amateur level. But you'll, you'll see people having real specific training programs and specific outcomes, like, when they have a meet coming up. But when their meet's over, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm kind of training. Oh, I haven't trained in a couple of weeks. And it's like, it kind of just goes uh, like off a little bit. So you do see how people are motivated just by being peaked, which is kind of understandable because it's just like, it's kind of like instant gratification. It's like, if I am training for strength, then I want to see my strength increase weekly. And that's it. Mm. Like, because, because that's my main goal. So obviously, you and know. the same way, like bodybuilding, I mean, like yeah. you're seeing your physique change weekly, daily even. That's pretty fucking motivating. Yep. And that, and that and that's the same thing with general population when it comes to to dieting as well. And one of the reasons that I think like we're quite focused on getting even our general population fat loss clients to strength train and focus on progressing their strength is because you do need other things to focus on. 
because if if you only have that one goal of like losing fat then again it comes back to that peaked mindset where you're like you expect there to be a linear increase in your leanness and the like how good your body looks day in day out week in week out you just expect that to keep on coming whereas you can sort of if you're focusing on the process in terms of weight training and you're looking at progress in that avenue then you've got more than just that one thing that you're looking at because like these things as we're talking about don't always increase linearly and that's that's really the big message that applies to pretty much all fitness characteristics 100 percent. so i think they understand now that being peaked at all times probably not a great idea and I mean, uh, being peaked at all times, if you have like one or two skills or one or two attributes that you're doing that are synergistic to it, like being peaked at in your strength and being peaked in your bulkiness or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, you can be peaked in both of those times or both of those things at all times. If that's if you just really knuckle down and you specialize on those things. But this is what people don't want to do. People don't want to be specialists. Like they think they do, but they don't. And this is where the issue comes in. They they look at the whole approach of being peaked and go yeah okay cool i want to be at my bulkiest and i want to be at my strongest but because i'm not a power lifter or i'm not x whatever person that category falls under they're, they're not that they're like oh, i have all these other things that i want to be peaked at so i presume i can obviously just layer those on top of the the stuff that makes me a specialist like they're like oh i want to be well, i want to be healthy like if you're an athlete and you're a hard charging athlete that's not a healthy thing like you look at like even the data on like olympians they don't live as long like because they, they they are actually putting themselves yeah. under these huge training stressors and it's like you just being like i don't know like people in their head they would see like i know we'll say this that archetypical you know 30 to 50 year old businessman stressed big fat like belly from the stress you know bald you know suit typical you know whatever yeah. we'll call it like high flyer they're in a suit all day they're always on the phone they're always stressed whatever they look at that and go oh yeah like obviously that's an unhealthy lifestyle because of all the stress you know but then they will look at an athlete and because they're lean or whatever uh, and and look healthy they'll go obviously that's a healthy lifestyle but it's like this person those two people are probably on the exact same amount of stress you know like this person is this athlete is training three days per week or three days per week three times a day day. uh, eating a calorically restricted diet because they have to be a certain weight class for that they're constantly thinking about their competition what their competition is doing blah 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 like they're they're still under stress and they obviously have this huge training volume as well to kind of confound that so looks are deceiving you know and people will think they'll look at that athlete and go well obviously they're really really fast and this is the way they train and they're really lean as well so i'll move my training towards that and look to those attributes but also i'll layer on all these other stressors that i'm bringing into it that i have a job that i want to do well in you know because that's one of their attributes that they want to do you know they're like i want to be healthy as well and i want to you know be a little bit bigger and i want to be whatever x other attributes that are here it's like if you're going to specialize realize that you lose some of that generalist ability you know so you do lose some of those other attributes if you really hyper specialize and again this is this is the whole concept of it again you go back to that kind of pro evolution uh soccer like pentagon or whatever it was it could have been an octagon for all i fucking know um but you'll look at it and you'll be like oh like this person has speed all the way up to the top 
on it like proper down to the edge even further than the edge you know it's like they're the fastest player ever it's like yeah but that comes at the expense of these other skills yeah you know so that's what you're looking at when you look at the snapshot of an athlete they're like yeah they have really this hyper specialized skill and this hyper specialized attribute but they're shit at all these other things you know or at least like ordinary at all these other things and you're trying to look at that and then go oh yeah i want that i want to be that strong or as strong as that power lifter but i actually really enjoy jogging as well jogging jogging yes and <laughs> um, that's a dutch thing isn't it yeah jogging. um but uh you'll do that you'll kind of go oh yeah that strength is really appealing to me but i really like you know this fitness model's physique so i want that guy's physique that guy's strength and i have this hobby of jogging uh so I'm, I'm going to layer that on top of it because obviously that's that's a good approach that hits all my goals and you've now designed your perfect program with that in mind and you're like i want to be peaked in all of those i want to be as strong as humanly possible i want to be as lean as humanly possible and i want to be the best yogger out there uh humanly possible you know and and that, that that's a, a genuine thought process and it, it's a logical one because you're like why shouldn't i like we live in a world where whatever you want you can you're told you can achieve it yep. you know so what wh- wh- why isn't that a good approach you know it, it makes logical sense however physiology doesn't care about your feelings and your desires and your wants <laughs> it's like no i can only do so much there's only so much adaptive capacity in a human body you know so you have to specialize without hyper specializing if your goal is to be a generalist so you specialize on a certain attribute, get it up to a level that you're happy with, and then you can peel back that specialization and start specializing on something else at another th- another time, you know? So again, like I said before, if you're looking to improve your strength and gain some size, you know, those two things are kind of synergistic. So you go, okay, I'm going to put those two things together. And then you're like, I want to improve my fitness and I want to get leaner. Again, those two things are pretty synergistic. Like maybe not the, the best synergism because, you know, fitness is a something that you have to adapt to but you know working on a little bit more cardiovascular work and using that increased cardiovascular work to put yourself in a slight deficit is obviously then going to help with your body composition goals you know so again you have to think of all the things that you want to achieve and then start breaking your training down into a more phasic kind of structure and going like this time i'm working on strength and i'm working on size say you know next time i'm working on fitness and i'm working on body composition you know and then this time i'm taking some time off all the overall hard training stressors and i'm really working on getting my health overall stress lifestyle factors dialed in or whatever it is the attributes that you want to work on you know so you look at your training you go that that's how i'm going to organize these things and again you look at it with your whole year plan you're like okay well i want to be leaner in the summer because i'm going away on holidays blah 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 whatever it is i'm always wearing a clothes i live in ireland it's freezing or whatever so i'm always wearing thicker clothes in the winter so i don't care about gaining a few extra pounds you know whatever it is organize your training in a way that makes sense for you in a in relation to your year again if you're playing a sport you know using the time during your off season to work on stuff that's going to help you with your in season whatever it is whatever your sport that would be a good time trying to work on those attributes while you're in season and you're trying to express your fitness probably not a great idea because you're accumulating all this fatigue and then all of a sudden your performance starts 
decreasing. You know, so you have to think of it in a more year-long structure and a more multi-year structure. Again, going back to that one, which people will more kind of correlate. You know, like you look at that fitness model and go, oh, they're at X position. That's where I want to be at. You know, and you'd be like, I have to stay lean and get there. It's like no like you don't have to be there you're going to take about 10 years to get there yeah. you know so let's think about those 10 years let's lay them out okay you want to be lean during the summer let's keep you lean during the summer let's always have like the period of january to june as a a dieting period you know this is what you're focusing on during this period of time then summertime it's more we'll call it a maintenance period where you're like i'm actually enjoying the summer a little bit more you know i'm, I'm gaining i'm gaining small bits oh, on top of my fitness or whatever it is your your strength your physique etc um, but you're may basically fa- focusing on maintaining the physique that you have over those three months of summer you know and then after that you're like yeah now is my gaining phase like i'm just fully focused on gaining you know maybe that's an approach for you you know maybe it is and you're like i really only care about being lean in august that's when i'm going away on holidays maybe the rest of the year we're spent gaining you know but at a slower rate whatever it is whatever makes sense for you in relation to your overall goals you know so you have to think of it like i can't be peaked and by peaked i mean at your best performance ever at all times mm-hmm. you know so how would you break up your your training into a sort of more phasic structure where it's like yes i'm going to work on improving this peak or to this attribute at this time I'm going to let some of those adaptations fall back. Like, yeah, obviously we're not letting them fall back so far that you're just terrible now at that skill you spent ages acquiring. Like you're not just building up to a new one RM squat, getting a new one RM and then not squatting again for the next six months and then trying to rebuild it again. Like that's obviously a silly approach, you know? But if you're like, yeah, okay, cool. I got up my new one RM. I'm happy enough kind of maintaining that. So I'm going to reduce the volume of squatting that I have been doing, the intensity, whatever it is. And I'm going to be working on these other other kind of attributes that you know maybe again like even like powerlifters do it quite well they'll be like right my squat is actually really good it's it just continues to climb but my bench is terrible so they start increasing their bench volume a little bit they're kind of like look it needs a little bit more work i'm going to do it two days per week whereas the squats i only need to do one day per week deadlifts one day per week bench press mm, i need to do it twice per week it's just a much slower rate of improvement so again you need to think about the whole multi-year plan multi-month plan you know, uh, and kind of put your your goals in that context and realize that you just can't be at your absolute best on all the things that you're looking for at all times. Yes, you can slowly build towards being your best at all times. And what I mean by that is, like I said earlier on with that snapshot of someone where you're kind of like, you see them squatting these huge weights, they're shredded and they're fit or whatever. And you're like, oh, that's where I want to be. And you think that that's their best, but it's really not their best. Like you can get to that stage where you have, we'll say 90% of each of those peaks. Like you're not at your best strength level, but you're close enough to it. You're not at your fittest, you know, but you're close enough to it. Mm -hmm. You're not at your absolute most shredded, but you're close enough to it. (laughs) You know, all the attributes, whatever it is that you're looking for, you're, you're not at your best but you're close enough to it and you can get to that pro quite easily once you've put in the work over the years to kind of build up these attributes and then work on maintaining them you know yeah, yeah. And, and and you brought up an important point as well about an important point about instagram <laughs> but you brought up the point of people like being on instagram and seeing these things and like one of, one of the 
one of the things about that you have to just fucking realize about about Instagram and about following anyone about looking up to anyone is that you generally look up to people or follow them because they are outliers okay mm-hmm. so they so if you see someone on Instagram and they train like a powerlifter they've got the body of a bodybuilder but they're also really lean and they go running like you Yogging. have yogging and they're unreal yoggers what you have to realize is that they are an absolute outlier okay otherwise they wouldn't have a uh, hundred two hundred three hundred three hundred thousand followers like why would they because they're, they're clearly not your average gym goer by definition of you following them so it is totally ridiculous to expect that you're going to get those outcomes so if you see that someone trains or oh, i lift weights three days a week and i run twice and uh, that's how i got this body it's like do you really think that you at like 60 kilos like soaking wet with a little bit of a belly that you're going to get to that that you're going to get to that point with the same the same thing that they're doing if you're currently training like five days a week and not getting great results like no absolutely not and like this is this is the thing that no one actually talks about is the massive variation responders to, to both resistance training and aerobic training or endurance training or whatever Okay, so that you, you could be a, a very high responder to one and you could be a low responder to other. You could even be a high responder to both. You could be a low responder to both, you know? So you, every, everyone is somewhere on that spectrum. Like if you look at VO2 max, you generally see people fit into kind of one of four quartiles. So people that have like a relatively high VO2 max with no training, people who have a relatively high VO2 max with training, people who have a low VO2 max um, without training, and <laughs> people who have a low VO2 max with training. It's like, that's fairly depressing. But like, you, you see people on that spectrum. So what you have to realize is that everyone is going to have a certain starting point, which doesn't necessarily predict how your actual outcome. Like, that's like... Yeah, I hate that fallacy. Yeah, like, oh, look at me. I used to be 60 kilos, like, sopping wet with a belly. Yeah. And I've been training for five years and now I'm 120 kilos. And there's like no correlation anyway. It's, it's, it's like, that's irrelevant. Like, you literally ate nothing back then. Like, you know, look at your brother as well. Like, he's... Oh, and you puberty <laughs> yeah it's like your brother's jacked as well it's like it was just because you just weren't eating and you were doing like 200 miles of fucking running a week like <laughs> yeah that that is one of those myths and that people think that your starting point predicts like your response to training which just isn't true at all you know your your response to training predicts your response to training so it's it's all about how you actually respond to a given dose of weight training or endurance training or whatever and like that's where it kind of comes into it where people will see people that do let's say three days three days per week of resistance training and they're like all right they got these results so i should do that you know the classic one is people copying dorian's training style without who's dorian uh dorian dorian bates oh bates yes yeah yeah, yeah. bates oh yes dorian yates (laughs) but yeah the classic one is dorian yates where everyone kind of um adopts what dorian did without realizing that Dorian had a certain philosophy that was for him to find out what worked for him and to stick to that forever, okay? Because that's a pretty darn good strategy. But other people don't do that. They just look at one person and assume that, they, that that's going to be what leads to, to them achieving a certain outcome. So for example, let's say you are someone that is, um, you're big into high intensity training. So you saw all these bros on Instagram saying, you know, take every, just take all your sets to failure and then you don't need many sets. And just do one of them. And you'll, yeah, just do one set and take it to failure and you'll make all of the gains. And then, and then you're like, 
oh yeah because uh, Menser did it and because Dorian did it um, even though they kind of didn't but anyway like you just say that those people did that um, and that I'm going to get those outcomes and it's like all right so if you are a let's say low responder to resistance training and that up until now you haven't gotten great great outcomes then I guess what you what you have to realize is that there's a far greater chance that you will need to increase the dose of your training to get a better response than decrease the dose of your training to get a better response. Like, I mean, based on what we know about like physiology and in, in, like basically every other realm, like in terms of like how many cal- calories you eat, like how much of a certain drug you need, it's, it's relatively unlikely that uh, when it comes to training that you would need to reduce your volume to what that guy did versus what you are doing now and somehow you're going to get a better response. Like it's sort of like the logic that you're eating too much to lose fat or you're eating too little to lose fat rather rather it's like oh yeah you're 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 underdosing your calories which is why you're not losing fat it's like it just it just doesn't really make sense so like where was it going with that um what, what, what train of thought was on oh yeah basically just just be realistic with your expectations and that like when you're seeing people online doing a certain thing you shouldn't just like use that as your benchmark as to what is going to get you to their, their outcome because there's a wide variety of responses and it's it's very likely although you you can't really it's it's unpractical to test that there's probably some sort of program that's going to be close to the pro perfect program for you to respond to but by the time you actually have the chance to assess that it's going to have changed so <laughs> it's not really going to work so you're, you're better off to, to just to just stick with something that that does that's that's relatively sound in terms of most of the principles and the things that we talk about and that aren't just in line with what some outlier is doing because they are outliers yeah i think that whole outlier discussion as well is real deceptive because you just presume all the people that you're following on instagram and stuff like are outliers and like yeah maybe some of them are a lot of them realistically are and maybe some of them are not outliers but they've actually just worked really fucking hard and they've built a lot of muscle it's still really deceptive because like i know people that just aren't into the whole instagram game or don't care about that they're just like like a physiotherapist or they work in an accounting firm or whatever and they're jacked out of their mind like literally natural athletes done everything whatever just don't really care about the whole fitness scene like have way better (laughs) physiques than some of these people that have you know millions of followers or whatever and way better strength gains way better return on investment like you met my friend Doyler like yeah. literally he just comes in he's like oh yeah just do a bit of calisthenics you know just kind of takes it handy these days likes training but not like pushing training too much he's more kind of into a skill acquisition these days we'll say and comes in hasn't done a, a chin up in fucking I don't know six months or so he was away in Australia and everything and comes in just does like fucking 60 kilos for five and I'm over here with 40 and I'm like after progressing it linearly for the last fucking six months and he just comes in first day and trains them fucking dusts me off by 20 kilos you know but that's not the best he's ever been at you know this is this is him detrained you know and like there's people out there like that that just have this way better response to training than other people and if I look at that I'll be like oh fuck man this guy's peaked he's absolutely at his best and he he hasn't even trained this fucking skill in so long like I'm obviously fucking I need to like lower my dose of training or I need to up my dose what have you been doing and he tells me okay I've been doing calisthenics oh that's what I should do and it's like you're forgetting that like these people have again built these attributes over years and they're letting some of those adaptations fall back but just because they're 
fallback point is still higher than your current point doesn't mean what they're currently doing is what you need to do which is a really confounding factor with the whole thing like again like you're like oh dorian did fucking lower volume you know at this stage in his career it's like yeah but what got him to that stage was he doing higher volume up until that point like i actually don't know what he did do but you know like you have to have that discussion it's like you can't say like oh this is what he does now when he's x weight and x physique you know it's like what did he do to get there like that's okay that's okay to maintain that and slowly build on that but what built that and you see this it really pisses me off with the whole evidence-based crowd like you'll see them being like oh well right now i do this kind of volume and whatever it's much more intelligent and they look back and they're like oh back in the day i used to do all this stupid stuff all this huge amount of volume and you're like your physique that's how you built your physique it may not have been optimal or it may not have been the best practice but you can't just discount that as having like built where you are now you know like it's still informed your thought process for at the very least but it still did put your physique where it is now Mm -hmm. you know so you can't just like dissociate those two things which is really a confounding factor in the whole discussion of where you should be at with your your overall training yeah like as as you can see from most of the things you talk about like training is a bit of a mess in that it's not very like like you're you're gonna do it like a hundred times like anyway you're going to be like come across a new person or a new method and then you're going to be like all right this has to be the best training program oh no this has to be the best training program it's like it's all it's all just noise like as in like there there are literally a million different variations of a program that you could probably make that would be within the realms of like what we know is probably going to give you some good results you know as in like there's lots of different options so what what you need to realize is that like no no one can sell you the perfect program it's very unlikely the like the only way in which you're probably going to get a program that's fairly tailored to is by working with a coach over the period of not like a few weeks, but years, months, like. if not years. Like as in genuine, like there's one of my clients that we work that I work with and he's he's been with me for two years. And like it definitely took well over the year, Mark, to realise that alright, you know, when like his bench press was something he always struggled with and he really wanted to increase it. And it's like once we go above benching like three times a week, he starts to gain strength really fast. So it's like like much faster than he ever had. And it's like, alright, it's that's probably something you mightn't have learned yourself had we not experimented with it and like it's it's just one of those things like there's loads of research to show that like people do have actually re- different responses to like different levels of volume like and different levels of frequency and stuff so you have to be just aware just be aware of that and realize that like no one's selling you the the magic bullet like it's just it's unlikely to happen unless they know you for like two years and then it's then it's somewhat fair <laughs> yeah it's just it's it's one of those things that because training is so straightforward and what I mean by that is the goal of the training should be to progressively overload the muscles with tension. Like you could go about that a million different ways. You know, you can incorporate low volume, high volume, medium volume, fucking whatever else, you know, at the end of the day, do whatever the fuck allows you to slowly get stronger over time while keeping that strength or keeping that tension on the muscles you're trying to target or if you're just purely doing it for a kind of skill acquisition stuff you know then keep the tension away from structures that are going to slowly injure you over time like again like if your goal is just to squat more 
like don't squat in a way that it just puts your back in a fucking bad position yeah. that you know okay it's cool for now and you're slowly getting stronger but you are fucking slowly causing yourself disc degeneration you know so Oof. <laughs> I know everyone has that had that word <laughs> um, but you know what I mean yeah, yeah, you know yeah, like so <laughs> it's pretty straightforward get stronger over time while keeping attention on the muscle do whatever the fuck you want to do with that knowledge you could again high volume low volume medium volume no volume i don't fucking care it, it literally it's, it's again all noise at the end of the day that's not to say now that there isn't better approaches it's just to say that there's no necessarily wrong approach there's just better approaches to achieve the goal that you're trying to achieve at a given time yeah and the, and the reason that 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 mention of the progressive tension overload thing is so important it's not to get you to go into the gym and try to put more weight on the bar every single day. Like that, that is just, that's focusing on the micro. Again, that's the peak, being yeah. peaked at all that's times. That's losing the big picture. Like the whole point of, be, of really focusing on progressive tension overload is because it gives you an indication over time, like whether or not you are like adapting to enough, to an appropriate tra- training stress that is allowing you to move forward in terms of strength, which unless you're at a very low level of volume and it's just and, and they're just kind of transient strength gains that are going to dip up over time like you can be confident that muscle is coming along with that so when you when you think of a progressive tension overload you could do a 12-week program that has you let's say like gradually like like you're do, you're doing x amount of volume and after a couple of weeks you add a set or two and then a couple of weeks after you add a set or two like that is one means of progressive tension overload because the total training stress is still increasing and if you're able to tolerate that training stress and you adapt to it and then you let's say took a few lower volume weeks and tried to express that strength you would see that you have actually you know increased your strength because there was that progressive tension overload so i think you need to make sure that you're not getting caught up in the in in what progressive overload is often made out to be and that like it has to be session to session it's like it doesn't have to be session to session but over the period of over over a period of months if you're not getting stronger and there's not a, a, a clear reason as to why you haven't gained any strength on, on any of the exercises that you're doing, um, then you should be saying, okay, it's time to reevaluate, you know, and that's kind of regardless of what repetition range you're working in, because even if you're working in the 12 to 15 repetition range, you still should see that if you've worked there for 12 weeks, that there's some indication of you increasing your strength there, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's fair. I think that's fair enough as well. So don't get lost in the noise of progressive overload, right? Keep it in, keep it in the long term. Anyway, that's a bit of a side discussion of the whole peak thing. So yes. basically, you can't be peaked at all times in all these attributes that you're trying to be peaked in. So pick a few that work synergistically together, which again is part of the, the skill of understanding training or whatever you want to call it and again this is why people work with coaches because you know coach would be like right well we can't focus on those two things at the same time so (coughs) we're going to focus on these things and that'll get us where we need to go um but focus on some stuff that works together you know and then focus on some other stuff that works together at a different time don't try to do it all at once and you're not going to be at your best at all times you know like you're going to work up to fucking a new pure in back squats and having back squatted for the last fucking six years and then you're like fucking on board of back squats let's do that same thing for front squats you know yep. and it's like your back squat isn't going to be at your peak performance then it's going to backslide yeah look of course the front squat will help maintain it and help build towards it but you're not going to be at your best at it 
plain and simple, you know? Same with all the other tributes. Your your goals are gonna change over time over time. If I could fucking speak. And your goals are gonna change over time and your training methods should change change over time, especially if you are an athlete. Like you know, again, like we said before, there's there's a certain drop off in terms of return on investment in say strength. You know, you're like you're putting in all this work to get to a certain strength level uh, for your sport, and it's like, okay, cool, you're stronger than everyone else. Yeah. You know, it's like you you don't need to spend as much time doing that. Maybe you need to work on your fitness, and you need to be fitter than everyone else while maintaining that strength. You know, so again, you have to think of what what do you need right now and how is that going to help you towards your long-term goal again if you're an athlete and you're like my biggest deficit my biggest glaring deficit is my strength then you should be focusing on that right now or as soon as possible again if you're in the middle of an in like yeah. an in season probably not right now but like as soon as you get a, a, into your off season or even in, in season like you can still slowly get stronger as long as you're more conscious of your overall volume and your overall ability to recover and adapt um and yeah, like if you, again, like if you're if you're an athlete and you're like, okay, cool, my fitness is my limiting factor, then you need to work on that first, you know. So it's again, like you have to just look at things in a more holistic point, uh, role or way or whatever, and think things through a little bit more, which is unfortunately not something people enjoy doing because again, like it it becomes this big massive competition with everyone else on Instagram, and you're just like, oh, I have to beat this person, I have to beat this person, and as I said, guess what? There's people on Instagram or people not on Instagram that are way better than those other people anyway. So you might think you're competing against these people on Instagram. Fuck that. You're competing against everyone who's not on Instagram as well. Like there's probably some fucking, I know, Congolese and fucking bodybuilder who doesn't have Instagram, hasn't had internet ever in his life. And he's fucking strolling around at 180 kilos, fucking 3% body fat, has a myostatin gene deficiency or some <laughs> shit. Like, and you're here fucking working your ass off trying to fucking get up to 90 kilos and he's just walking around literally too easy fucking shredded out of his mind you know so guess what there's always going to be someone better than you whether you're the fucking best in the world there will be someone better than you at some other stage in time so you know take whatever you want from that yep i mean like hussein bolt doesn't go to doesn't go to bed crying every night because he's not a great marathon runner like so i mean if you're the person that is looking to be the strongest version of yourself over time like you're probably going to have to accept that you're not going to be the leanest person over time like if you literally want to be like if you literally all you care about is i want to be the strongest person i can possibly be like i literally just want to squat as much as possible like being six percent body fat not going to serve you very well trying to run like 10ks a few times a week probably not going to serve you very well Although Andre Milanovic does yeah, do 10k runs. He doesn't do that in like run up to competition. <laughs> Not all the time. Again, like, which is again, coming back to like the exactly. peak argument. It's the whole you know, point. When he's looking, he's like, oh, I want to hit a new fucking world record. <laughs> He's not fucking. Try, he's, not he's, yeah, he's not trying to clock up extra miles. Going like, oh, I think I'll hit a new fucking ten k record as well while I'm fucking doing a new squat record. <laughs> like that's not the top process. But yeah, I think that covers most of what we wanted to cover. Essentially you need to realize what is important to you. Um, and that doesn't necessarily need to just be one thing. Like at the end of the day, having a decent level of muscle mass, not being overly fat, having a good, you know, VO2 max, a good level of cardiorespiratory fitness, they are the basics of health. As in yeah, like, yeah, be no strong, one is... Be, be fit, you're pretty good to go. Yeah, as in like, you, you gotta have those covered regardless. As in like, you are accepting a fairly 
significant trade off to your health otherwise. So like they're they're important. But um like after that, just decide what you really want to focus on. And you don't need to focus on anything in particular if you don't want to. But if you want to be a generalist, you have to accept the trade-offs that come with that. And once you can accept that, then that's totally okay. That's cool. Anyway, Gary, we're wrapping it up here. I'll take you home. And if you're honest, I'm fucking sick and tired of looking at you. Sick and tired of you looking at you too? I thought you were going to say you are sick and tired of me looking at you. And I was like, whoa, did you just turn that around at me? Oh, far. Um, I mean, do you have anything to say to these lovely people that listen religiously to our show? Nah, peeps. Love you all. If you happen to have any like suggestions for the podcast, we do have a list of topics that we've we've got in the Excel file. If you want to add to them, just do we still have that form? We still have that form up, Gary. Yes. We still have a form so you can submit your podcast topics. Will it be in the description box? It always is, Gary. It's always in the description box. So if you have a topic or a question that you would like covered, we will be more than happy to do it. But just fucking drop it in the description box below and we'll chat shit about they're going to drop it in the description box below are they yeah yeah no they're going to click on that link in the description box below fill in the form online yeah, that's what I mean then, like, yeah well Jesus. that's not what you said well surely people will be like oh it, it says there do you have a question so I'll click that although I don't know I don't assume people I don't assume that anymore never mind anyway Gary. anyway so that's your your parting words subscribe to our newsletter join the yeah, actually the newsletter has been lit recently hasn't it it's too easy like people are enjoying it like I, I do all the replies when you're just you're just such a high flyer you're like oh, I just write the email and run absolute baller and he's like <laughs> oh I'm fucking in the hospital mm, having a little thought fucking writes it down fucking <laughs> doesn't care about his patients or anything he's like nah, I'm fucking writing my newsletter uh, <laughs> uh, and then you just fucking shoot it out to everyone everyone replies and they're like this was fucking awesome blah 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 and I'm like left with this overwhelmed fucking inbox and I'm like Gary I responded to them. What's the crack like? I know. I was like, thank you for thanking me. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was it, it, lately it's been pretty good. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, we do actually share stuff that comes solely from the militia. So I mean. Yeah, like, because basically know. it's the, we just hate social media these days. Well, yeah, I've, like, I've always hated social media. Yeah, but like, like, Instagram just annoys me as well because like, I want to share like two paragraphs of, an art from one of our articles because otherwise one paragraph doesn't make sense and then like went to Instagram and I copy and paste it and it's like you have to put in comments like three times to share the whole thing so I'm just like man open up your email don't be distracted Boom. read the email also one language. thing annoys me as well about Instagram man it's just like entitlement as well that gets me oh. you know, you're, you share you share something you're like this is clearly linked it's like oh the rest of this is in the militia but this is a really insightful little section or something that's going to help you you know, put this stuff into action. You know, it'll be yeah. it'll be a nice little section of an article in a whole series of articles that explain the, a very complex topic, whatever the fuck it is, right? And you'll send that out and you'll be like, that's going to help a few people. And then people will be like, oh, can you write the rest of this like for free on Instagram and just tell me exactly what I should do? Yeah. And you're like, I literally just told you like this nice little nugget of information that's going to help you but because you want to learn extra to that it's like I literally just told you that you can click into the militia and learn more and people are like nah I don't want to do that yeah that's something that's just in general on Instagram people are literally so self-entitled in that like if if I'm doing like a Q&A or something on my story like people will just ask like the most like specific question ever to them and I'm like alright I'll give you an answer but like I can't give you the most perfect answer ever and then they'll send like 12 more questions after being like oh why you know why aren't you answering and then like you go on to someone else's story and then they've asked the exact same question like 10 people. Yeah. Like, oh, that also annoys me. You're like literally just like the exact same question to 
10 of their favorite fucking fit famers or whatever and you're just like you expect me to just like what, what are you just trying to get your bias confirmed here yeah it's like oh do you have any research papers on that it's like whoa I didn't realize I was uh, writing uh, to PubMed here like that I needed to I didn't realize yeah I was like I didn't realize I had to uh, <laughs> fucking justify all this and I was doing a lot of research for you it's like <laughs> I'm giving you you asked for my opinion on this or whatever it's like I'm pointing you in the direction to look into this further I'm not giving you like 20,000 word fucking dissertation on the topic oh and also the final final comment thoughts is not a question yes I agree <laughs> Thoughts. Thoughts? Whoa. Thoughts. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> say no to that. Say no. Anyway, uh, wrapping this up, I've got some a nice little lab in the morning. I downloaded Yasada uh, so I can do some proteins. You know, I can make their structure and shit. It's pretty good, Gary. You'd enjoy it. Wow. Um, and you have work in the morning. Well, we call it work but it's more like communism you're forced to work oh yeah you know if you have to work you're not free (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but no yeah you've got a placement placement last last two weeks too easy it is too easy anyway peace out guys